You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, it is Tuesday. And on this Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, the roster cut deadline approaches, but the New Orleans Saints have already cut their five players. We found out three this weekend, two more on Monday. So let's update the list of New Orleans Saints that have been cut so far and some uh, kind of ideas about where the Saints might be headed next. Then we're going to take a look at personnel groupings on our analytics Tuesday, which quarterbacks were most efficient with which personnel groupings on Saturday and what the personnel grouping choices told us about the New Orleans Saints evaluation of one Ian Book. Then we'll wrap up today's episode with some quick updates on our 53-man projected roster after the roster cuts and after the first game of preseason action. All of that on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over in the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, kicking off today's episode with the biggest news around the New Orleans Saints. A pretty calm day for the Saints on Monday, but there were a couple of roster moves announced via the transaction wire, and they are the moves that wrap up the New Orleans Saints cutting their roster down from 90 to 85. Just a quick reminder that Tuesday deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern time, but the New Orleans Saints got under that roster limit by the end of practice on Sunday. However, we had only learned of three cuts at that time. Those three cuts were Prince Amukamara, the cornerback that the Saints signed this offseason. He struggled in camp, struggled mightily on Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens as well. So not a surprise to see him on his way out. Stevie Scott, the undrafted running back out of Maryland, who just is unfortunately in a running back room that has all of a sudden become very, very crowded. And actually, I don't even want to say all of a sudden. This is a unit that we knew was going to be a very strong one for the New Orleans Saints. And unfortunately for Stevie Scott, he becomes a casualty within it. And then Noah Spence, the edge rusher that the Saints signed in the offseason last year, ended up with a pre-camp injury. He had an Achilles injury while getting ready for camp came back to the New Orleans Saints this year. They ended up moving him from edge rusher to Sam linebacker, which kind of put the writing on the wall because New Orleans Saints don't have a lot of room for linebackers to be making the roster here, and they're very pleased with their edge rusher room and depth, as we've seen over the course of camp. So Noah Spence ends up back on the market. The veteran will look to find another place to land and hopefully get back on track. Now, those are only three of the five cuts. The remaining two cuts we learned on Monday, the first of which not a surprise at all. If you would have asked me to predict these beforehand, my two answers would have been Kivari Russell and Kyle Murphy. Kyle Murphy ends up being one of the two names. He ends up going to injured reserve as opposed to being cut. He had left Saturday's action early, so this makes a lot of sense. However, it was just very clear throughout camp that Kyle Murphy was having a lot of trouble, particularly with Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner ended up really going after this guy a bunch during camp, and it made Kyle Murphy's camp maybe look worse than it actually was. But I know that there was a point where Cat Terrell and I looked at each other and went, man, uh, number 79 is really struggling out there. He's the offensive lineman that got pushed into the lap of Ian Book by 
Peyton Turner uh, during my first day of camp while I was covering camp out there. So a pretty sensible move here for the New Orleans Saints. And of course, with the idea of moving him to injured reserve. And the final roster spot was opened up with a bit of a surprise move. But again, understanding because it's connected to an injury, kicker Brett Maher, who ended up being brought in to sort of be in relief of Will Lutz, who's going to miss the beginning of the season. The Saints go back to having a kickerless roster here early on in the week, uh, I guess in the prep week before the second preseason game. This is kind of a big deal because it does put the Saints back into the market for another kicker. And there are a lot of options for them to be able to do that. They have the guys that they could look at that are in the open market that they've already brought in for tryouts when they ended up signing Brett Mayer. But for the most part, this has to be a pretty big pursuit. So I would expect another move by the end of the week, which ends up opening up a roster spot for, because I have to open up, essentially cut down to 84 in order to add a kicker to get back up to 85. So they won't be able to add him at this moment, but expect another move later on this week because they'll want a kicker before they get to their week two preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless they plan on letting Nolan Cooney or Blake Gilligan kick field goals. But I don't think that that's going to be the case. Now, I would be interested to see how the New Orleans Saints end up addressing this. Do they bring somebody in immediately and expect that person to be the fill-in for Will Lutz, or do they bring somebody in immediately and then wait until roster cuts for a player to become available? And one of the players that I'm really looking for to become available and that I'll be watching closely over the course of the offseason is the kicker that they just faced, not Justin Tucker, but Jake Verity. Jake Verity looked really, really solid against the New Orleans Saints, and the Baltimore Ravens do this all the time. Here are some of the names that Baltimore has produced that went on to be starting kickers or punters elsewhere. You could look at Will Lutz. The New Orleans Saints picked him up off of waivers after the Baltimore Ravens moved on from him just a few seasons ago. You can look at Graham Gano. Stephen Hauschka was one of those guys, and so was uh, Kari Vedic or Corey Vedic, depending upon your pronunciation. He ended up being traded to the Minnesota Vikings in the 2019 offseason for a fifth round pick. So the Ravens have always been very good at this, and they've got another great one on their hands right now when it comes to Jake Verity. So a name to keep an eye out on for the New Orleans Saints is certainly a position to keep an eye out on where the Saints should be active over the next couple of weeks. So those are the cuts that get them down to 85 and compliant with the new roster cut moves. And this time next week, we're going to be talking about five more cuts that the New Orleans Saints made to get down to the newly implemented roster limit of 80 by the NFL. But there's another preseason game in between that. But we're not done talking about the last preseason game yet. I want to talk about personnel groupings, how the Saints use them, and how they affected the quarterbacks as well on Sunday's game against the Baltimore Ravens. We've got that and an updated 53-man roster for you on the way here on today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we continue on, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you in part by our good friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and best place to put down all of your bets and get in on all of the sporting action. You want to bet on preseason games? Have at it. Betonline.ag is definitely the place that I recommend it. You can also take a look at futures game odds. You can go ahead and look at game of the week odds that they already have up for the 2021 NFL season and much more, including MVP, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and many other pieces around the NFL. There's also a bunch of MLB odds, of course, as the MLB begins to make its playoff push and several other sports you can get involved in. And if you don't want to get, a, get involved in sports, you want to get involved on something else, there's reality TV, game shows, and of course, even award ceremonies you can take part in as well, and much, much more. BetOnline.ag, very fun site. Go and check them out at the website. And don't forget, after you sign up for your free account, 
to use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with a bet online code at locked on L O C K E D O N over at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Houdat Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But one more quick reminder to make sure that you check out the fantasy football live show that we have going on here at the Locked on NFL YouTube page at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Get all of your fantasy football questions asked before you get started with your redraft league, your rookie drafts, all that good stuff. Find it over at the Locked on NFL YouTube page and on Twitter at Locked on Network. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about personnel groupings every Tuesday. We'll dive into something analytics-wise, and analytics, of course, are very sparse during the preseason, so we can't do DVOA, EPA, some of the things that we would usually look at, and pro football focus grades are kind of iffy during the preseason as well, but I do go to them for the raw numbers which we've been discussing over the last couple of days. So one of the things that I really like to look at are tendencies from the team, and of course, you can't really glean too much in terms of tendencies in the preseason that you can carry into the regular season, but you can get an idea of what the New Orleans Saints were thinking with each of these quarterbacks based upon the personnel groupings or variety of personnel groupings that were used and the sort of frequency with which they changed those groupings up. For instance, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston both used three different personnel groupings during the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. They each lined up in 21, 12, and 11 personnel. For a quick refresher, the first digit is the number of running backs on the field. The second digit is the number of tight ends on the field. So 21, two, one, two running backs, one tight end, 12, one running back, two tight ends, 11, one running back, one tight end. 11 personnel is the most popular across the NFL. It's the three receiver set, the slot receiver, that whole sort of shebang. But that's usually what you see these players or these quarterbacks and offenses run the most. That was certainly the case when it came to both of these quarterbacks running 11 personnel for Taysom 13 times for Jameis 11 times. However, you saw them both run 21 personnel a couple of times. You saw two times for Taysom, three times for Jameis, and then 12 personnel with two tight ends, each of them running five times. 12 personnel is a very popular personnel grouping and setting for the New Orleans Saints. They do a lot of work out of that. Think about last year, all the times you saw either Adam Troutman and Josh Hill on the field at the same time, or Josh Hill and Jared Cook on the field at the same time. Every now and then you saw Adam Troutman and Jared Cook on the field at the same time as well. But the interesting thing is, if you think about a guy who's really making his sort of statement right now, making his name known as a tight end, it's Jawan Johnson. He had two big catches, one for 33 yards, one for 38 yards. Incredible stuff. But he did that out of one tight end settings. It was 11 personnel. So when you're lining up in 11 personnel, one of the things you want to do is be able to attack the attack the field in a bunch of different places. If you have a guy like Juwan Johnson who can you know, get a deep pass down the middle of the field like he did from Jameis Winston or turn a shorter pass into a longer pass with run after catch ability like he did for Ian Book, that's a really good sign for Juwan Johnson. And doing it without another tight end on the field who might carry the attention of a linebacker and instead you end up getting him maybe mismatched on maybe a smaller linebacker or perhaps even a larger linebacker. In 11 personnel, you're going to get him on either an athletic linebacker or a safety, and he was still able to produce in that way. So I think that that's good news for Juwan Johnson. Now, I wanted to break down a little bit about how they utilize each of these personnel groupings, how often they ran, how often they pass out of them, 
Of course, they passed more than they ran in this game. Just looking at 21, 12, and 11 personnel groupings during Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill's possessions, you saw Jameis, excuse me, you saw out of 21 personnel, the Saints passed twice, run three times. Out of 12 personnel, uh, passed seven times, run three times. And then out of 11 personnel, passed 17 times and run seven times. So you saw a lot of focus on the passing game. Surprise, surprise. But you did see a fair amount of running. I mean, particularly in that first drive with Jameis Winston. Now let's take a look at the way that the New Orleans Saints utilize these personnel groupings with uh, Ian Book, because I think that this gives you a pretty good idea of what they wanted from Ian Book. You saw a lot more 11 personnel. All but about seven of his snaps came from 11 personnel. With that being the case, what you learn about Ian Book is that the Saints wanted to see him throw the ball. They wanted to give him the opportunity to go out there and throw and see what he can do. Now, I'm not you know, sh- shocking anybody with this evaluation. Sean Payton said before the game they wanted to get a long look at Ian Book, and they absolutely did. And they made sure that they put him in situations where he had to use his arm. They only ran the ball five times with him. Yes, they trailed for a small portion of that time, but not enough for you to be able to say much about. In fact, they should have been in a usual game situation. You'd probably be running the ball more in that uh, second half while you have the lead, trying to chew time off the clock. So it just goes to show you how much they wanted to see Ian Book operate under pressure with a pass rush and throwing the ball in coverage. And real quick, I also broke down some of the bigger plays and what personnel groupings they took place in. Just like we looked at Juwan Johnson, we'll look at Tony Jones Jr., for instance, who had two of his big runs in that big 60 some odd yard uh, rushing drive that he had almost all on his own. Uh, two of those runs came in 21 personnel, so there was an extra running back involved there and a bit of a lead blocker. You saw Alex Arma do a really good job on a pair of those runs. And then uh, the big touchdown run over to the left sideline came in 11 personnel. All three of Marquez Callaway's big catches in the opening drive came in 11 personnel. That's X receiver, wide receiver, one stuff right there. You love to see that. And then all three of the sacks going up against the New Orleans Saints that they gave up, one against Taysom, one against Jameis, and one against Ian Book, all came in 11 personnel on third down. So that should be no big surprise. That is an obvious passing down. That is an obvious passing formation. Pass rushers know that they can pin their ears back, especially when they're going up against second and third uh, tier or team offensive linemen and go after the quarterback. No big shocker there. And while that might not be that much of a surprise, there might have been some surprises out on that field on Saturday that might have found their way onto the 53-man roster. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to overreact. We're going to update our 53-man roster, have a good time, and see who maybe earned themselves some opportunities here and some conversation to make the roster to begin the 2021 season for the New Orleans Saints. Got that coming up for you next on today's episode of Locked on Saints. And something else that's not at all a surprise, there are good friends over at rockauto.com, one of the best places to visit for anything you need for your vehicle, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional, whether you need your oil for an oil change, you need some clips to keep your bumper on, you need windshield wiper blades, you need just new rubber for your windshield wiper blades, you don't want to replace the whole thing, doesn't matter. They've got you covered over at rockauto.com. The same parts, pieces, and accessories that you can get from the chain stores around the corner except they have it all in stock and you can save 30, 50, sometimes 70%. You're not getting cheap parts. Again, you're getting the same parts, but for a cheaper price, which is a very, very important thing to remember. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional, Rock Auto is going to have you taken care of. And they're a family business as well. Don't forget that. They've been taking care of auto parts customers online for over 20 years. 
So go and check them out. Show some support. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you right and Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let me tell you something that I don't like. Daily fantasy sports. I just don't like how the lack of transparency is something that becomes a part of the game. I end up having to play against all these different lineups, against these people that have so much time on their hands. They've got spreadsheets and all this stuff. I just don't have any of that. I'm not that type of a player. I'm not a professional daily fantasy guy. I just want to have a little bit of fun. That's why I'm grateful that I found our friends over at Stat Hero. StatHero.com, the great way to do daily fantasy sports because you basically play against the house. You can see the lineup over at Stat Hero, pick the lineup you want to go up against and create a daily fantasy lineup that goes up against that lineup head ahead. It's a fantastic system. And if you go over to stathero.com slash locked on today, right now, and sign up for your free account, then they're going to give you three times back on your first play. That is a 300% bonus, 300% back. It's entirely unheard of over at stathero.com slash locked on. Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on the best way to play the game. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints by making some updates to our 53 man roster. So we're not going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to save that for later on this week before the second preseason game. But I do want to make a couple of adjustments out. We've had some roster cuts. We've had some players that were on our initial 53 that have actually been released. Jalen McCleskey, for instance, being a perfect example of that. We also had Will Lutz and then, of course, Brett Mayer, who is no longer on the team. So let's talk a little bit about where we can make some changes and make some adjustments. Let's start off with a fan favorite in terms of topic conversation right now, Tony Jones Jr. Let's put him on the 53-man roster. Let's overreact. He's running back number three as far as I'm concerned. And I think with that, we're going to take Devontae Freeman off. I I like Devontae Freeman. He got a lot of usage during camp, but none of that seemed to come in handy when he actually got out on the field. I mean, not only did he have the fumble, but he just didn't create with the ball in his hands. The guy carried six times for six yards. And this is an instance where I could feel comfortable saying going up against not a full first team, going up against second team, because those are the guys that are physically hitting you and tackling you. Meanwhile, Tony Jones Jr. did a great job against at least the talent that he was going up against, fighting through contact and getting yards after contact as well. Devontae Freeman's vision didn't look like it was entirely back into rhythm yet either. So obviously we'll see what happens with the second preseason game. I assume that they're not just going to cut him and move on from him at this point. But based upon the overreactions that I plan to have after the first preseason game, since we're having fun with this segment, Tony Jones Jr. is up. Devontae Freeman is out. Aesop Winston is up as well. And I could just throw him into Jalen McCleskey's spot. But I'm actually going to go ahead and give him Chris Hogan's for right now. I thought that Chris Hogan was going to be uh, a bit more involved earlier on with this team, but it, uh, the the issue that I have around Chris Hogan right now is that he played special teams, but he wasn't a factor, and I don't know that he's going to be able to be a factor. So he's going to have to make the roster as a wide receiver one, two, or three. I don't know that he can do that. Maybe a three. Maybe he could be that guy, especially if Deontay Harris is unavailable early on to start the season. But I liked the what East, uh, but I liked what I saw. Excuse me from Aesop Winston, especially his ability after the catch, picking up some yards after catch. So I'm going to bring Aesop Winston up. 
Chris Hogan out. Jalen McCleskey is also out from our original 53, but I'm going to leave that open for right now at the wide receiver spot. And instead, I'm going to plug that in with Bryce Thompson. Bryce Thompson had the big deep interception on Trace McSorley uh, early on, late in the second half, late in the second half. And I, I just like the way that he's been playing. I mean, we got to watch him during camp as well. He's really settled into this safety position. Being able to see everything develop in front of him has really benefited him. And then he was able to, you know, be able to go out there and make a rangy play like he did right off the top. So I thought that was really great for him. So I'll give the additional roster spot and then keep just five receiver, excuse me, six receivers as opposed to seven, open up an additional roster spot and spin that on a defensive back. Over at the linebacker spot, right now I'm going to take Andrew Dowell out. I'm going to move Chase Hansen back in. Chase Hansen was just hitting harder than anybody out there <laughs> during this game. Him and Eric Burrell just out there hitting everybody every chance that they got. He's somebody that I think also fits in a little bit better as a traditional Mike linebacker, which the Saints don't really have behind Demario Davis at this time. Caden Ellis is a little bit more of a Sam. And you look at Pete Werner and Zach Bond, they're will guys. You look at Quan Alexander, he's a will guy. So Chase Hansen gives you more of a natural Mike linebacker to back up uh, Demario Davis, which I think is very important. And then we'll also see an unknown kicker as well with Will Lutz being unavailable to start the season and Brett Mayer no longer on the roster since he was waived slash injured. Seems that he had an injury during Sunday's practice. So with that being the case, uh, an unknown kicker stepping in there. Now, here are some other players that I considered moving but didn't. Um, Landon Young was somebody that I was prepared to have a discussion about, but he performed so well on Saturday. He was a decent run blocker, only allowed one pressure or one, yeah, one pressure, and then only it in blocks extremely well in the run game as well. He and Cesar Ruiz the highest graded run blockers by pro football focus for the New Orleans Saints on the offensive line. You also saw, you know, Alex Arma was up there and a couple of backs were up there as well. Uh, Tano Passanio was somebody that I was interested in and ready to kind of discuss as well, but then he got injured. So it's a bit inconclusive at this time. We'll see what happens after game two. And then Latavius Murray, and I probably could have still had this conversation about him because you could potentially end up seeing him get moved on from and maybe even dealt at roster cuts. Now, I'm overreacting a little bit here, but that's what, remember, it's what we said we we're going to do with this segment. But here's a couple of things to keep in mind. There was some conversation about him potentially being disgruntled because of the number of touches that he got versus the number of touches that he wanted in this offense. Okay, I'm going to move that aside. Trade block. He was, he was rumored to be a player that was made available for a trade before the league year began when the Saints were trying to get under that, uh, that salary cap line. He has now Tony Jones Jr., who's emerged in the midst of this offense. He is a player that the Saints could get a return for, and he's also a player that the Saints could get a return for at a position of D. They could move him for a wide receiver, a young wide receiver in return, uh, maybe even a kicker in return if they needed to do all of that. The Saints would save $2.33 million here in 2021 if they moved on from Latavius Murray, $3.45 million in 2022 where they're already $35 million over the salary cap. So it wouldn't be the most uneconomical decision to make to move on from Latavius Murray. He also had the fumble in this game, which is uncharacteristic of him. I expect him to give him another chance. I'm not saying that they should move on from him this week, but definitely a performance to continue to watch. Can he get back to being consistent? He said he wanted to be more efficient this offseason. Putting the ball on the ground is not the way to do that. So can he fix that? And can he get back in now that he's gotten some contact under his belt? which these players no longer get during training camp, we have to keep in mind. So that'll be what I'm watching. Those are some players that I'll be keeping an eye out on. I'm extremely impressed with Landon Young this week, and then we'll see what happens with Tano Passanio 
once he comes back from his injury. All right, family, thank you so much for making me your first listen of the day or one of your listens for the day. For your next listen, I recommend that you go and check out Locked On Bets. Go ahead and make yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be joined by John Sigler to go more in depth about roster cuts, the New Orleans Saints roster so far, and whatever big news comes up between now and then. For everything in between, y'all, you can always follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.